Um, since 06, we've been able to scale our business uh, times four. Um, so wow. Last year, we had 25 million in revenue. Um, what is your superpower? And when you're able to figure out what your superpower is, you're also able to understand what your weaknesses are. I think it's very natural for, for people to want to be better, right? And sometimes we're stuck in a rut and sometimes we even join companies where there's no guidance, right? Because outside of school, you know, like no one's really guiding you to tell you like how to be a better employee or how to be a better version of yourself, right? <clears throat> what they'll do is like, oh, this is how this person used to do it. This is a procedure. You do it that way too. You know why I love you, Eric? Is because you've got the capability of, te- of being able to tell me that's okay that you have a creativity of one. That doesn't, it's okay if you're a serial killer. We can work with that. That's okay. We can figure it out. Your strengths is like if you're you're writing with your dominant hand and your weaknesses are, are like it, uh, you're writing with your non dominant hand. And it all goes back to uh, stress level management. Yeah, I've always, I've always known that I was good at school. I'm bad at school because of my low attention to detail. I've always known that I was really good at sales. I've always known that I've always been really good with people, people person. I've always known I'm an optimistic person, very positive. I've always known that I I lack a lot of detail. Like I'm, I tend to, I tend to be not a dirty person, but I tend to be kind of a messy person, you know, because, you know, stuff is here. I lose things all the time. It's just, that's sort of my natural state. I always knew that stuff, but when you see it in front of you, yeah. And then, not just when you see it in front of you, but then when you give the assessment to other people, especially people that you're going to be working with. What's up, advocates? And welcome back to another episode of the Claims Game Podcast. We got a good one for you this week. But first, let's just make sure that you understand that we are sponsored. We're sponsored by Fortez Health. Fortez Health is a fantastic company that provides uh, PPE, personal protective equipment. So if you need any kind of masks or any kind of gloves or anything like that, you know, as public adjusters, we are walking into homes on a daily basis. You don't know what kind of things that you're walking into, especially if you work mold stuff too and you do water mitigation. Another fantastic place that you can get a lot of your materials uh, to make sure that you stay protective. Also, because of COVID coronavirus, you want to make sure that you got that mask on to make sure you're not getting any kind of, you know, anything from anywhere else. So if you go on FortezHealth.com, you want to order something, uh, if you put in Vince 20, uh, you'll get 20% off. Also, I found out that uh, anything that you buy, it gets donated. It's a nonprofit. It gets donated to nonprofit to help other people out. I don't have all the information with me. I'm sorry, but you'll find it in the description of how it actually helps that every dollar that is spent, another dollar goes out to different organizations to help. I believe it goes out to it goes out to different uh, like fire departments and stuff like that. So you're, you're, you'll be helping a lot of people out too. So let's get right to it. In this week's Claims Game podcast, I'm very excited. And I know I say this every single week. I say it every week. Oh, it's the best one yet. But this one is not only I feel one of the best ones, but it's super unique. It's not with a public adjuster. It's not with a water mitigation company. It's not with an attorney. It's actually with someone that I can tell you I consider my business coach, someone who really helps me out in my business, in my hiring, in my making sure that I'm making the proper decisions, that I'm making sure that I'm dedicating my time to where I have to be dedicating it to, to be as successful as possible. The interview is with Eric Wang. Eric Wang is the president of Ming Wang. It's uh, mingwangknits.com. And basically, they're an extremely large, uh, they're an extremely large clothing company, uh, clothing and apparel. I'm talking like, 
I'm talking like $25 million in sales per year. And I'm looking through just to make sure. Yeah, it's $25 million in revenue. And I'm talking over 50 employees. I think it's a over a million dollar payroll that they have. So this guy knows what he's talking about. He knows how to build a business from scratch. Um, his parents are Chinese immigrants that came from China. And uh, they were able to build it from where they did. But him and his brother have taken the company to a whole other level. And it's really because of his hiring process is probably one of the most unique things about him. He's got different assessments that he gives to each and every single one of his employees that determines their strengths and their weaknesses. He builds teams based on this so that make sure that everybody's ac accounting for different strengths and weaknesses as they do it. So um, it's, it's a really great interview. The reason why I wanted to have him on is because not only is he my business coach, but he's also a business coach for others. And he's actually starting an, his own business coach coaching, consulting company. Uh, it's something that he's in the works of coming up with. But uh, the reason why I wanted to have him on, on is because I think it could help you guys as public adjusters or attorneys or whatever it is. Remember, as public adjusters, we are all entrepreneurs. Even if you work for another company, if you're working your claim from beginning to end and you're doing the door knocking and you're doing the networking and everything it takes to build your book of business, you're an entrepreneur. And you're going to have to make sure that you understand your strengths, your weaknesses to make sure that you're doing the things that are benefiting you to your strengths and maybe just not getting away from some of your weaknesses, right? And maybe hiring someone that could uh, um, that could help you with your weaknesses. So the best place to find Eric is going to be on LinkedIn. Uh, if you just go Eric Wang on LinkedIn, you will see it. He is the president of Ming Wang Knits um, and you could find him there. Message him. Trust me, he told me I can tell you this. Message him if you've got any questions. He's gonna be starting up this company very, very soon, and he's gonna be helping a lot of other business owners. So catch him now. Catch him now while he's still growing this thing, and I guarantee you he's gonna give you some of the best advice. I talk to this guy almost on a daily basis, and he has helped me tremendously take my three businesses that I have, hire the proper virtual assistants to make sure that they are benefiting me again in all of my weaknesses so that I can have more time for my strengths, right? So my strengths like talking to others and, and just this commercial claims advocate I've wanted to grow, but you know, it's been harder because I have claims, but now I've got help. So check out this interview. It is badass. Okay. It is really awesome. I hope you enjoy it. Eric Wang claims game podcast. I hope you enjoy it and let me know. Welcome to the Claims Game Podcast with Vince Perry. Get all the tips you need from insurance claim advocates and professionals and grow your public adjusting career to the next level. And now the commercial claims advocate, Vince Perry. I want people to understand the reason why I'm interviewing you, even though I've probably already said it in the intro. The reason why I'm interviewing you is because I believe that every... And you know, because just I've talked to you about this, but I believe every public adjuster, whether having their own company with adjusters under them or even working for another public adjuster, I believe that the as a what I love about the public adjuster industry is that we are all entrepreneurs. That's yeah. what I want public adjusters to understand. So even if you're working for a company and you're getting a specific percentage, you know, if you're in charge of your whole claim from beginning to end, and you're the one dealing with the clients, you're the one going door to door, you're the one paying for your little door slips to put all over, you're the one meeting the people so that you can get the referrals and building relationships with the other, 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 other people in your industry so that they could refer you. Those are all the things that an entrepreneur does. And I always wanted to, I always wanted to, to, 
to tell people that that's exactly what we are as public adjusters. And I always thought that as well, that even though even to this day, I do work for Key Biscayne Claim Adjusters, you know, I handle everything. Handle everything from A to Z, you know, and I've got my own assistants. I've got people that work for me as well, and they are paid by me. But at the end of the day, as public adjusters, we are all entrepreneurs. Um, what I wanted to get to you is where are you now? So your dad uh, started the business, and uh, I know that you it's you and your brother that run mm -hmm. the business. And how large – I want people to understand the size of your business before we really start asking you for advice on how we could grow ours. Yeah, no, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, you got yeah, to know, um, I guess, I guess my, my credentials, credentials too, right? Right. So, so uh, we're in the apparel business. Uh, we currently manage a few different lines. So Ming Wang is our brand. It's my mom. She was a designer. That was the company we started. Um, we acquired Musuk back in 2013. Musuk um, at the time was one of our biggest competitors. Um, and they were actually... Uh, going to close down and offer for bankruptcy, and when we realized that, uh, we realized that a lot of their weaknesses was our forte, and we reached out to them, and, and we were able to have a partnership, and we've been partnering with them since 2013. Um, we've been in Texas since 2006. We part of the reason why we moved to Texas is we're centrally located in the U.S. before being in Florida. Um, again, all, if we get stuff by boat, it's coming into LA, it's getting on a truck and all the way across the country to Florida, right? So just on in, in importing our goods, we're saving about a week. Um, and again, that's just time. It's not even the cost associated with it. Um, and also for us, all of our customers being centrally located, I mean, I can ship anywhere across the U.S. in, in three days or less. Before we were in Florida, shipping to California or West Coast, it was, it was a five-day turnaround, right? So part of the reasons why we moved to, to, to Texas, Dallas, DFW specifically. Um, since 06, we've been able to scale our business uh, times four. Um, so wow. last year we had 25 million in revenue. Um, <laughs> this year, unfortunately, we are down a little bit due to the current situation. Uh, our apparel is, um, I would say business attire, and a lot of, for example, government officials, a lot of people that do um, seminars that have to be in front of a large crowd, a lot of our, our clientele uh, are, are those type of, of people. Eric, do me a favor, lower your volume a little bit. I could hear the echo. Yeah. Can you still hear me? Yeah. Okay, good. So $25 million in revenue. Yeah. Uh, that, that's we have, it? Only? Sorry. Um, just under 50 employees. Um, we do have a location. Well, we have 50, 50 employees in the DFW location and we have eight in the New York office. What? You have an office in New York? I had no idea. Yeah. Our, so a lot of our creative, so a lot of our designers all live out of New York. Um, reason why is just the recruiting from the New York schools. Uh, the top two fashion schools are FIT and Parsons. Um, so just the amount of talent that comes out of there are kind of work ready. We've brought uh, people from other schools um, and just the, the learning curve was just a little longer, right? So when we realized that, we kind of just kept all of our designers in, in New York. Gotcha, gotcha. I'm sorry if you hear... Um, the mowing the lawn? The lawn right mm, now. That's so okay, that's I'll, okay. I apologize if that's what you're getting. Uh, no, that's okay. Uh, so one thing that I have realized that you are very, very good at is your ability to hire the right people. 
Um, I came to you, if you remember, I went with, uh, with Mike, our friend Mike. We went to go to see the Dolphins against the Cowboys. And we were waiting for Mike. And we hadn't talked in a while. And I was telling you about my plans and what I want to do. And I needed an assistant real bad because I was overwhelmed with my claims. And I had other ideas like an Amazon store that I've got and, and this commercial claims advocate podcast and all that. And I'm like, man, I'm just overwhelmed. I can't do it. And I know that there's a way that I could get these claims to just sort of work themselves if I hired the right person. And then you started telling me about your assessments and hiring a virtual assistant and making sure that you hire the right people to basically be strong where you are weak, right? So we'll get into, we'll get into some of these, uh, these things, but I want you to explain it first. But for example, I am very low attention to detail, um, which could be problematic in claims, uh, even though I was able to just sort of be, I was able to handle it myself for so long. So you always told me you need to find somebody who is high attention to detail. So what are some of the things before we get into an actual chart that you think are very important when hiring somebody and just some of the stuff that you've been able to accomplish over the last several years? Mm -hmm. um, before I even go into, I guess, what I think is important about hiring, I'm, I'm going to just talk a little bit about I guess why I, I think the way that I think. All right. Um, there's a pretty smart man by the name of Albert Einstein. You might have heard of him. Oh, um, yeah, he's whatever. But they, uh, he has a quote. Don't, I'm probably not word for word, but he pretty much says everyone is a genius. Right. But if you judge a fish on how well it climbs, that fish is going to feel dumb forever. Awesome. Right? Very interesting. So, same philosophy goes into every single human, right? We all have specific superpowers, right? The thing is, is that we don't know what these talents are until, honestly, we unleash them. Have you, have you ever wondered to yourself, you know, why am I good at certain things? Why do certain things come a little bit easier? Um, you know, and certain things are very difficult. And then you look at someone else and you're like, man, this person does it so easily, it's so natural, right? Or like, even like a podcast, you watch specific people. Honestly, I watch you and I'm like, man, you make it look so easy, right? It's because we honestly are born with certain talents, right? And then when we are able to identify these talents and able to put knowledge, time, um, and work at it, we're, these talents actually become strengths, right? Which is ultimately the goal. Um, again, we're, we're only one person. And if you're talking about like our skill set, um, it, it, it's not a full circle. There, there's a lot of ups and downs on, on what we're capable of, right? And the beauty of having a team and having multiple people um, with a similar goal is that it kind of rounds everything out, right? When I look for my team members and I look for people that work closely with me, um, I don't need a lot of people exactly like me, right? Because if I feel confident and I'm strong at something. I probably don't need a lot of help in that one area, but there's a lot of weaknesses that I have. And there's a lot of, um, honestly, my chart is similar to yours where I am also low attention and detail. Right. Um, so I know when there's detailed type responsibilities, I have people on my team that double check me or that I even have helping me with it. Right. Um, the benefit of having low attention and detail, because some people are like, Oh man, not having attention to detail is like, that's a horrible trait. Right. But there's also beauty and, and benefits of having a low D, right? Um, people like us, we're out of the box thinkers, right? We live in the gray area, you know, like people with high attention to detail, they're very black and white. Um, I want my accountant to be a high D. I want him to be black and white, right? But again, life isn't always like that. 
business isn't always black and white. There's a lot of gray area. There's a lot of challenges that you probably have never had to deal with before, right? And honestly, that's where someone with a lower D could actually, uh, I would say, benefit, right? You're going to have out-of-the-box type type ideas to, to, to fix this problem, right? So the main thing is self-awareness, understanding what makes you special? What is your superpower? That's kind of like what, what, what I always tell you. I'm like, what is your superpower? And when you're able to figure out what your superpower is, you're also able to understand what your weaknesses are. And then at that point, um, you know, you're able to plug in the hole, right? So the conventional way of, of thinking is, oh, if you keep on working on your weaknesses, you're going to succeed, right? But I think that's the furthest thing from the truth. Um, when you focus on your strength, that's actually when you succeed. When you focus on your weaknesses, that just prevents you from failing. Right? Interesting. So when you have someone, um, for example, I, I work very closely with someone in my organization called Michael. Right? When I was recruiting and, and trying to find this person, I knew specifically the type of personality that I wanted. Right? Because I understand myself. Um, and once I did and I was able to share, hey, this is what I'm good at. These are my pain points. And I realized my pain points is stuff that he not only doesn't mind doing, but he actually, it gives him energy, right? Huh. Um, and honestly, it, it's a beautiful partnership, right? Like I inspire him because I'm constantly giving him ownership, right? And ultimately, that's, I think, what most people want. Most people won't leave a specific job solely on compensation, right? They, they want to feel important, they want to be appreciated, and they want to know how they're going to scale. I think it's very natural for, for people to want to be better, right? And sometimes we're stuck in a rut, and sometimes we even join companies where there's no guidance, right? Because outside of school, you know, like no one's really guiding you to tell you, like, how to be a better employee or how to be a better version of yourself, right? <clears throat> what they'll do is say, oh, this is how this person used to do it. This is a procedure. You do it that way, too. But again, everyone is different. We're very complex human beings, right? The way that I learn and the way that someone else learns can be very different too, right? So we need to put all of that into consideration. And I think when we do, that's when we truly are able to build our team, right? Because for example, for Michael, the one that I work closely with, again, I know how he likes to communicate, right? And how do I know that? By these assessments and, and starting to understand what everything means and Honestly, understanding myself as well. Uh, again, self uh, self reflection is extre extremely extremely important. Right. So when we when you first told me about this, the first thing you wanted me to do was take one myself, and you had me take. I took two out of the three, but there's three of them that I know that you that you that you that you do a lot. One of them is called the uh, the culture index, and the culture index to me is. To me, it's my favorite one, to be honest. Uh, it's actually quite simple. It's difficult to read. Uh, I'm going to share mine now. Um, so we have to try our best because there's also people that listen to this uh, through podcast form. So we're going to have to try our best. I'm going to do my best to try to just show people what, what we're looking at. Uh, but basically what we've got, if you could just give me a second. Uh, doo -doo -doo, I just need to share this screen if I can. But now I can't remember how to do it. Okay, share screen. All right, all right, all right. Can you see it? Uh, yep, I see your screen. Okay, and we should get here, and we should get here. Can you see my screen? Yep. 
Okay, so what we're looking at is a chart. It's got my name on the top, Vince Perry, and then uh, we've got like survey traits. And it's a chart that basically across the top, it goes one, zero through 10. And then across the left, so I guess, oh my goodness, your, which is it? Is it the x-axis is going across, right? <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, y is up and down. Okay, so across like an x-axis is zero through 10. And then going down like the y-axis is A, B, C, D, L, and I. So what it shows here, and it's sort of like what we were just talking about before, uh, explain what A, B, C, and D is real quick, and then I could tell people sort of what they're looking at, or I'm going to try to explain what, what my numbers are in A, B, C, and D. What is A, B, C, and D? Okay. Sorry, I'm going to back up a little bit. Can you, can you put the, can I see more of the report? Oh, I don't know what scroll up a little bit or scroll down, I guess. All right. So when you're looking at the report for the, the people that are listening on podcasts right now, you see two different charts. All right. Um, the top chart is what they say is your natural state. And the goal is to be in your natural state as much as you can. The bottom one is your job behavior. It's who you feel like you need to be um, in your in your role. So I had Vince take this a while ago. Um, so, but ultimately, what I'm trying to do is actually get him to be more uh, like his natural state, which is his top chart. Okay, and I'll, I'll explaining what all of this means. So when you're reading this, everything is relative to the red line. All right, there's a red line that's on Vince's chart. It's on in between the five and the six. This red line represents the norm line. So everyone that's taken this assessment in the past, it, it kind of represents this norm line. Right. So everything is either if it's on the right side, you're considered high. If you're on the, the left side, you're considered low. How far it is from the norm line also, uh, I guess, is it, a difference on how exaggerated that specific trait is. OK, so A is autonomy. B is social need and want. C is pace and patience. D is attention to detail. Okay, explain uh, it. Explain it like uh, to in layman's terms, like for me. Okay, so A, think about it as your gas, uh, your gas pedal. All right, uh, people with very high A, um, they want to win, right? They're typically very competitive, um, and they always see scale. They always want to push forward. Okay, so that that's A autonomy. B, social need and want. Um, the best example I can give is the higher the B is, um, the more, let's just say at work, the more social events they are, the higher the B, the more likely the high B person would be going to these social events. The lower the B, the less likely they would be going to. So for example, my brother, my brother's a very low B. He's a five click low B, right? If he's going to a social event, he usually has a objective or it's very intentional, of why he wants to go to this networking event. Hold on, let me explain. Let me explain real quick because I tell people all the time and they don't believe me. Vince, you've got a YouTube channel. Vince, you've got a podcast. Vince, you look so natural when you're on TV. Vince, you look so natural when you're when you're on YouTube. And I always try to tell people that I'm actually an introvert. That when I go to a lot of these events and when I go when I'm in a public setting, if I go to a party with Eric, if I if Eric is the only person that I know. I am not going to speak to much anybody else but Eric. I'm the type of person that I go into a corner of a room with somebody, like 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 the bachelor party. Pretty much the same thing. That's how I am. And if you see on my chart here, my personal behaviors, I'm a low in B because I have my friends 
And that's pretty much what I have. But my job behaviors, because I know what this job entails, that if I go to a networking event, I know how to just sort of what I like to call press the play button and, you know, and then, you know, be able to interact and be social as much as I can. So just to explain to people in my personal chart, my B is low. And in my job behavior chart, my B is high. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's, it's especially also your, your C is low too, right? Because what is C? You no. Know, C is pace and patience. So the lower the C, um, the more you enjoy multitasking, right? So you naturally are a, uh, a single focus type. Like in order to get the best version of yourself, give you time to focus on something and the accuracy of it is going to be higher, right? Um, people with low C, again, they get bored very easily. Um, if you're talking about people who naturally are very good at multitasking, these are usually low C people, right? But I think because you, the position that you were in and prior to you having a lot of the help that, that, that you've been getting is that you had to juggle all of these things. You really did have to multitask so many different things, right? So from the beginning, when I saw this, that was actually one of the things that I wanted to, to help you change, mm. right? To be able to, to, to give you the time to be able to focus on uh, a, a specific project because your ability to scale that project is a will significantly be better if you had the time and you didn't have so many distractions pulling you in, in every different way. Ah, but so the goal here is to try to get to my natural state. So if that were the case, the goal would be to, in my job behavior, to be able to focus on one thing at a time, which I believe through the hiring process, that's actually helped a lot. No, absolutely. Right. Because things still got to get done. Right. The difference now is that the, the, the help that, that you brought in is able to to do those things and you have more free time to uh, honestly focus on on other parts of your business that needs to grow right right a lot of times especially as entrepreneurs um again we're very passionate about it and then especially with visionaries your mindset is like oh if you want to do it right you have to do it yourself right but that actually slows you down when you're trying to scale something right right um our goal should be progress not perfection that's the main thing. Most people want perfection, but in reality, what is perfection, right? Um, there's a lot of things that we can do to push the envelope forward and, and to scale our business that does not require perfection, right? right? So as entrepreneurs, I think that that's a very important uh, mindset to have is that you always have to focus on progress and not perfection, especially if your personality trait is a high D, All right. right? So I said A was your gas, D is your break. So people very, very high D, very, very high attention to detail. Again, black and white, right? What's right is right. What's wrong is wrong. There is no gray area in between. You want your accountant high attention to detail, right? Or your bookkeeper. Um, so <clears throat> people with very high D, again, they, 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 they want perfection. And sometimes it really hinders their ability to, to grow because they're so focused on the detail. Um, gotcha. Sometimes, for example, if you do know that about your personality, uh, it goes back into a team, all right? Or, or goes back into having mentors of knowing their personality. And if you know yours, be like, let's just say I was a very high D and I had a problem of constantly trying to make everything perfect. I need to find someone that has a high A and a lower D to at least give me other perspective, right? And to, to, to challenge me and to get me to think differently. Uh, what about L and I? 
L and I, so L stands for, for logic. Um, I, it's, it's weird wording because I think everyone has logic, right? And it's, it's not like someone's logic is that much higher. The way that culture index reads this L is you base your emotion. So the higher the L is, you base your emotions more on logic than feeling. All right. Um, I'll give you an example. My brother is a very low L. People that wear their, or people that are very low L, they wear their heart on their sleeve. When my brother's angry, everyone knows about it. When my brother's happy, everyone knows about it. There is no poker face, right? So the higher the L is, the more of a poker face you have. Um, there, actually, a lot of these assessments, there isn't any pass fail, right? Like the, this is our personality. It's not like you have a good personality or a bad personality. It's just your personality on um, how you can function within a, a work organization, right? Gotcha. So again, if I know someone that is a low L and it seems like, man, this person's always unhappy. This person's always, you know, causing drama. It's, it's not that they're trying to cause drama. It's just, it's their personality, right? They, they wear their heart on their sleeves. They're, they're, they're going to express everything that they feel, especially if this person's a high B and the low L, you know, like you're going to get someone that's very vocal about their feelings. And, um, and, and again, I, it's important for a manager to understand these things because it teaches me or, or, or it gives me a idea of how to communicate, you know, to my team member and how to inspire them. I, uh, I's ingenuity, um, sheer out of the box creativity. Um, wow. Well, I got none of that. <laughs> well, yeah, I have one. I thought I, I was more than that. I even have an I of zero. I, I starts at one. So awesome. yeah, you're pretty low high. Um, but again, it's not creativity. Like a lot of people that are really good at art and crafty, um, they kind of perceive, oh, I'm, I'm very creative, right? Um, that's not cu how culture index describes create this type of creativity or ingenuity. Um, this is extremely out of the box. So for example, like I have a curtain, right? And let's just say there's a stain on that curtain. Someone that's extremely creative, they're like, man, I'm going to create some type of fabric that is going to be uh, like dirt resistant, right? It'll be that far out there. Um, as I would say, most people would probably think, oh man, I wonder what type of cleaner I can buy to, to, to clean the stain off, off of my curtain, right? So completely out of the box, Walt Disney, um, instead of seeing a mouse and, and um, them living in an environment, um, he saw an amusement park. He saw a character. He saw a character that, that did specific things. Extremely out of the box create, creative, right? Um, funny story is, is that our head fashion designer, you, you think fashion designer, uh, extremely creative. She actually also has an eye of one. Um, so obviously when she took this, she freaked out. And she was like, oh my gosh, I'm a, I'm a fashion designer. How can I not have any creativity? Um, but it's not that type of creativity. And especially with our product, our line isn't the, the, the fashion line that you see, like in like a Paris runway show where you're like, man, who actually wears this stuff? Right. Um, like those type of designers probably do have a very high eye. Um, but honestly, the way that we design is almost analytical. A lot of our designs and our best sellers are based off of data. We look and see what our best performers were. We look at the silhouette, we look at the color, um, you know, the, the, the sleeve length. And based off of data is actually how we create the line. Obviously, there's some creativity of 
you know, changing colors, changing the body and, and changing the knit and stuff like that. Um, but I, I would say our, our designers are, are more, I guess, analytical than I would say sheer creativeness. Right. So, um, no, that's hold on. why I think let me, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about you. All those that are listening over here. I have a, I have an eye, a creativity of one. Okay. It's a one. Your designer is right. one. You know why I love you, Eric? Is because you've got the capability of, te- of being able to tell me that's okay that you have hey, a man. creativity of one. That doesn't. It's okay <laughs> if you're a serial killer. We could work with that. That's okay. We could figure it out. You know. That's that's the beauty about speaking to you, and this is why I love calling you and talking to you and getting feedback because you're able to say I could say almost anything and be like, man, I really screwed this one up, Eric. And you could be like, no, no, no. That's okay because what you did was this, and based on your personality, that's going to actually help you, and you could use that to your advantage. Our friend called you the other day, and he yeah. goes, I already heard this story, and he goes, man, I'm just really late. And you're just like, that's okay, because it's okay. You need to learn how to work smarter, not harder. So it's okay to be lazy, to use that to your advantage, to actually get more work done. How the hell do you do that? Honestly, it's very simple, right? Is to realize that we're not perfect and that we need to stop trying to be perfect, right? We are who we are. You know, honestly, it is a, a, you have to swallow your pride. And nobody's perfect. Exactly. You know, and, and honestly, I think the moment you realize that you're almost, I guess, okay with not being great at everything. Invincible. Right? You could, but like, honestly, like I, for me and a lot of the things that I, I, I try to push for, even within my own organization is, um, be happy. Right. A lot of people talk about work-life balance. My philosophy is work-life integration, Right. If you're able to achieve that, think about the amount of happiness that, that, that you can have. Like, I would honestly say what I do right now, I will do to the day that I die, right? Because I love it. I, I love talking to you. Like, when I give you advice and you actually do it and you scale from it and, and it's able to help you, honestly, that gives me energy, right? And when I have energy, what happens? It makes me want to do more of it, right? And it, it also makes me happy. It also gives you it also gives you more energy in your personal life too. Like when you're when you're when you're not exhausting yourself because you've hired the right people for instance or you're or you've hired the right people to help you focus on what you actually enjoy focusing on, you're not putting all that negative effort not negative, but you're not just putting all that exhausting energy into your work. And then what happens, It, I mean, I'm sure anybody listening could understand it. It, it affects your home life. And I can yeah. tell you over the last year, since we really started communicating and you've been helping me with my business and my hiring and all that stuff, if Annabelle was sitting right here, she would tell you, she can see the difference. She could see the less stress that I've got just because I know I've got, shout out to Tammy, I know I've got Tammy helping me out. I know I've got, shout out to Milan, the, Serb- the Serbian assassin. He's helping me out with the social media. Like, I don't have to go out there and post three times a day. I don't have to follow up with the insurance company myself every single week. I've now been able to take all that exhaustion energy that you know I didn't really want to be doing because I wanted to be, to be focusing on other things. And now I'm focusing on things that I freaking love. And I'm having yeah. so much fun doing it. And like I said, Annabelle, by the way, is my wife, everybody. She would, if she was sitting right here, she would, she would tell you the exact same thing. And honestly, I, I have a similar experience, right? So funny thing is when I first took the culture index, culture index assessment, my job behavior was actually my brother's chart. No. I felt, 
I needed to be my brother. My brother's five years older than me. So, you know, he's the bigger brother. Um, but I always felt I needed to be him. And I always felt growing up that I felt short. And again, my brother is a very, very smart man, valedictorian, um, never really had to study. So I thought I didn't have to study and I could still get the same type of accolades, uh, which ended up being not the case. Um, you and me, honestly, you I, and me are so like, <laughs> that's why we get along. <laughs> needed to be him. Right. And, um, again, I, I always fell short. Right. So I imagine growing up and having that, that, that type of mentality. And then when I took this assessment, it was like a, an eye opener, not only for me, but also for my brother, because he probably had some expectation of like, oh, you need to be doing it this way. And same thing for my dad. My dad and my brother actually have very similar type personalities. So for both of them, I was kind of always in this uh, position where I couldn't live up to their expectation. Right. But I always believed I had certain skill sets and that I had value. And I, ever since I was young, I've always been a people's person, you know, and I've always pushed for a team and the importance of team. My dad and my brother, visionaries, you know, they, they, they're very good and very competent in a lot of different things. So their whole philosophy is like, you do it right, do it yourself type mentality, right? Um, but honestly, our, our company wasn't able to scale until we were able to marry the two strengths together. The two strengths, right? right. So when, again, my brother's always been good at scale, but it was tough for retention, right? Happiness and getting other people to be at the same level and to have that type of passion and ownership over their responsibility, right? So when I was able to achieve that, again, that, that's when our business really, really started growing. And that became my main focus is how do I get teams to work together and, and, and have synergy with that throughout our, our, our organization, right? Let, let me and ask you... brother started seeing the benefit of it and he became confident and honestly anything that deals with personnel my brother never questions and he always comes to me for advice and whenever it's problem solving and scalability i do the same thing with him i ask him and he's my sounding board right and ultimately i listen to him nine out of ten times when it comes to that because he usually makes a lot of sense when i'm picking his brain right um so again that sorry go ahead no, let me ask you a question. Would you, can you say, you, I know you've studied these charts time and time again. You've got, what, 50 employees and you, each of them have taken this chart, correct? Especially, and, and, yeah. and the other chart that we have. Uh, mm -hmm. could, could you say, since this is basically a podcast for public adjusters and, and attorneys as well that listen to this, could you say that most public successful public adjusters would have similar charts? Or not at all? Not necessarily? Not necessarily at all. Like I said, this isn't a pass or fail, right? You, the, the goal is to figure out what your personality is, right? I'm not trying to change your personality. The goal is to figure out how do you succeed with your personality? Because everyone is going to have different struggles and, and, and different things that they're naturally good at, right? So part of this self-reflection and part of understanding yourself is to understand what those things are. What am I naturally good at? What gives me energy? What should I be focusing on all the time? Right. And what are the parts where are my weaknesses? They still need to get done. We can't ignore them. Right. But who am I going to give it to? Who's going to help me with this? Right. So it's more identifying that. So to say that all good public adjusters are a specific type of chart. I mean, I would say it's, it's very false, actually. Okay. It's just if you have similar charts, you the, the way that you actually achieve success might be more similar. Like, for example, if there's someone else with your similar chart. I mean, 
the way and the path that you go to, to, to succeed might be a little bit more similar than someone with a very different personality as you. And another way that this has helped tremendously. So uh, this is for those of you who've got employees. And again, I, I can't believe it, but I forgot to give a shout out to my boy, Ed. He is a Amazon store manager. One way that I have also now been successful is that uh, I know Milan's, he's actually on watching right now. Um, we did Milan's chart. And how this also helps is that by you explaining to me Tammy's chart, Milan's chart, Edge chart, it helps me know what their strengths and weaknesses are, yeah. what their likes and dislikes are. And I try to also make sure that they're working in an environment that feeds their strengths and that they have, you know, the same way, the same way that I'm looking to try to find others to uh, uh, cover the stuff that I don't want to do or I'm not good at. I'm actually, even as the business owner, I'm trying to do the yeah. same for my employees. And I think that's fascinating. Yeah. Absolutely, and um, and putting them in and putting them in positions that they're going to thrive, they're going to succeed, and they're going to be like you said, happy. Yeah. Look, close to seventy percent. I think the exact number is like sixty-seven percent of people um, are not extremely happy and engaged in what they do, and a big part of that is um, honestly being appreciated and seeing the the impacts of the work that they're doing. Right. Um, so I think it's honestly, it's up to managers and it's up to business owners to uh, to honestly paint this picture for them of like what their, their skill set is and, and what they can do to, to help the company. Right. Um, I use these assessments. Yes, I use them a lot on the onboarding process when we're looking and recruiting for, for new team members. But that's literally the tip of the iceberg of what these tools are. I mean, I think the true beauty of understanding these assessments is actually in your, your workplace and understanding your team, right? Usually if you go through a training with me, the first thing is self-reflection. You have to understand yourself before you can understand anyone else's personality and, and knowing how to um, push them, right? So number one is self-reflection. And number two is start understanding uh, uh, what your teammates' personalities are like. Kind of like what you talked about, you know, like how do you inspire them? How do you motivate them? You know, the way that you talk to Milan and the way you talk to Tammy will probably have to be different because, again, they get excited about different things, right? And the more that you know about them, the more that you can kind of cater to that, right? And I feel like as a manager and as a leader, that's part of our responsibility. You know, part of our responsibility is to um, make it engaging and make it uh, fun for, for, for our team, you know? And the reason why I think they work so hard for you is because you do that for them, you know, like you empower them, you let them know like, Hey, this is, this is your business too. We're in this together. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And again, uh, people as people, you know, that's very natural for us. We want to be in a group, you know, that it's a very natural tendency for us to be that way. So if we can do that and utilize it in a good way, I mean, it, it makes everyone happy. That goes back to the whole mentor thing. I tell people all the time, like, don't do this yourself. Because, yeah, I think you're right. We all tendency that we want to be in, like, a group. Even if it's just one other person or one or two other people. But it's just nice. It's nice to not yeah. have to do all this crap on your own. Real quick, let's uh, let's try to do it. I, I guess, uh, you know, let's try to let's see if we can get through it real fast. Just give me, like, a, an explanation. I'm going to share the screen again. I'm going to show people what we're looking at. And we're going to talk about the... The strength, the strength finder. So let me uh, 
do this complicated process for me of sharing the screen. I'm going to make sure that I tell people that this is going to be a much better podcast on YouTube than on everything else. All right. You people are knowing way too much about me today. So these are the Clifton Strengths. These are your Clifton Strengths 34 results. I tell a lot of people about this. Uh, shout out to my buddy Randolph. I told him about this too. Uh, he's actually a life coach and um, I told him this is, this would be pretty cool. So I guess, I guess without having to read through this, what I'm looking at here is basically a top 10 of my strengths and then basically a top, I'd say, what's that? A top 24 of Navigate. Uh, so it, I know from what you've explained to me real quick, and I, you'll get into the details, but from what you've explained to me real quick is that it's basically number one being your strongest, number 34 being your weakest. Number one being your strongest that you could just get better at. This is what you know. Number 34, that maybe things that you could, that to, to watch out for. Like your bottom 10, there's just things to watch out for, to be aware of so that you don't sort of fall into some of these traps. But uh, you're see you look at, you can see the screen, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I guess let's explain my top five and then however else you want to explain it. Okay. Um, to give everyone a little bit more context and, um, I guess understanding of the philosophy behind strength finder. Um, so an exercise that I usually will ask everyone to do, um, I'll ask them to write their name with a non-dominant hand, right? So they'll go, they'll write their name down and I'll ask them, how do you feel? They'll say, oh, it feels weird. Uh, you know, it felt difficult. I'm like, all right. I'll do the same exact thing, but write, write it with your dominant hand. They'll do it. I'll ask them, how does that feel? It feels natural. It feels easy, right? Um, that's kind of the philosophy how Gallup Strength Finder sees uh, their strengths compared to their weaknesses, right? Your strengths is like if you're you're writing with your dominant hand and your weaknesses are, are like it. Uh, you're writing with your non-dominant hand. And it all goes back to uh, stress level management, right? So again, I asked you to write your name. I could probably read what you wrote. It was probably a little sloppy, um, but you know, again, I can read it, right? So our weaknesses is kind of the same thing. You know, uh, with Vince, you know, with you having low discipline and mood, it doesn't mean that you don't have any. It's just it's a little bit more challenging uh, for you to be naturally good at those things, right? So again, going back to stress level, right? I asked you to write your name. That's not going to cause you very much stress. What if I asked you to write a paragraph? What if I asked you to write a page? What if I asked you to write a book, right? The longer it gets, the more stress it kind of to, to, to adds on, right? So again, the whole philosophy is work towards your strengths and manage your weaknesses, so part of the reason why I, I search for people that have very uh, different skill sets than me, um, again, is so I can constantly be focusing on the things that I'm good at, right? I talked a little bit about how conventionally, um, you know, we think that, oh, if we want to succeed, we got to focus on the weaknesses, right? So Strength Finder is actually the one that, that is saying like that actually the, the complete opposite, right? Keep on pushing towards your strengths because your ability to succeed using your strengths is going to be a lot greater, right? I mean, even if you think about school like growing up, you know, like if you were a straight A student and you got a, a C in PE or something like that, you know, everyone's like, oh my gosh, like what happened in PE? Like you have to study harder. You got to do this. You got to do that to, to try to get that up, you know, um, as opposed to saying like, oh man, you're really good at math and science. Like you should probably be taking these classes um, so you can elevate your math and science, right? So 
the, the strength finder philosophy is kind of, again, pushing towards your strengths. Right. Um, so yes, reading the, the actual chart one through 10 is supposedly your strengths. Again, I think we're extremely complex people, right? Like we're not all built the same. Usually when I'm going through this ex exercise, I'll tell people, if you feel like your strengths actually stop at 14, draw the line at 14, right? And the goal is to figure out one, understanding what the meaning of these strengths are and tying everyday examples of how you are firing in, in, in these strengths, right? That's how you're able to understand it. And that's how you're able to, um, I guess, find what your weaknesses are and to be able to find uh, solutions and help to, to, to kind of cover those things. I like how in the description, like for instance, that we're in harmony here, it'll tell you sort of what it means. And then my favorite is at the end when it sort of tells you why you succeed blind using spots. harmony and the blind spots. I think that's kind of cool. So uh, my number one, guys, is harmony. And the blind spot, well, I guess real quick for harmony is uh, you look for consensus. You don't enjoy conflict. Rather, you seek for areas of agreement. Totally true. Uh, and then watch out for my blind spot, which is in your desire to move conversations toward practical and common sense decisions, you may frustrate those who want to share broader ideas and opinions, allow others to express their full ideas before bringing them back to the task at hand. You may instinctively downplay confrontational situations and try to suppress them from openly, openly airing their ideas and emotions. Recognize and accept that there will be times when conflict is ine inevitable and that some people will reveal it. <laughs> if, if Milan is listening right now, he's probably laughing because this one here, in your desire to move conversations forward, uh, you may frustrate those who want to share broader ideas. He's, he's the broader idea guy, that's for sure. Hey, Milan, if you're listening, I mean, you should definitely look at this and learn, learn about Vince too. Oh man, I'm screwed now. But, uh, but yeah, no, absolutely. I, blind spots. I actually, that's one of my favorite things too, right? Um, I'll talk about like how you can self-reflect with these things, but these technically aren't strengths yet, right? They're talents. Um, you know, ever wonder when you're a little kid, like, why am I good at certain things? Because you're talented in certain areas. You probably have seen a lot of these type of strengths and talents from when you were a child, right? Like you've probably always been highly har harmonious or, or very high positivity. You know, it's not something that, that you just adopted within the last few years. <clears throat> so, um, you were sorry, saying, uh, you were saying on that one, Why not? should we get another drink <laughs> or maybe I, I, should stop. I should stop. Uh, look, Asian flush yet? hopefully I don't have the Asian glow yet. Look, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, we're going to keep going. We're not done yet. So, um, but I, it's, it's just really remarkable because, as self-aware as I want to say that I am, which I did have a nice, great awakening experience that I shared with Randolph uh, in, on his pa on his podcast, really gave me a lot of self-awareness of who I am, the kind of person that I want to be, my mission for the rest of my life, and all that stuff. Like I know why I'm here, why I'm here on this earth. I know what I want to do. I know what I want to accomplish. But the the assessments that you give, they they just break it down to a much more. Uh, just it's just a much more base level and a much more under a better understanding of just like specific things about your personality yeah. you know for me honestly it was validation right like i always right like right i had certain things that i felt like i was good at yeah right and again using scientific data like it's almost telling me look you really are this way right so all of those feelings that i had before 
again, this is just validation that I really am. And it's always giving me like a free passive look. Be yourself, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. You just need to make sure that you have a lot of weaknesses too. And you need to make sure that you have to cover that. Yeah, I've always I've always known that I was good at school. I'm bad at school because of my low attention to detail. I've always known that I was really good at sales. I've always known that I've always been really good with people, people person. I've always known I'm an optimistic person, very positive. I've always known that I I lack a lot of detail. Like I'm I'm tend to I tend to be not a dirty person, but I tend to be kind of a messy person, you know, because you know, stuff is here. I lose things all the time. It's just that's sort of my natural state. I always knew that stuff. But when you see it in front of you, yeah. And then, not just when you see it in front of you, but then when you give the assessment to other people, especially people that you're going to be working with, mm. it really puts things in, it really puts things into perspective. Like when we had the first hire, remember? Yeah. Didn't work out, but she was a rock star, mm-hmm. and that was really strictly based. On, remember, we narrowed it down to two people, yeah. right? And we were like, and you just kept telling me, like, I think this is the one. This is the one. Um, and she was a rock star it ended up not working out because of other reasons, no big deal. But you know, it's just amazing how the assessment really brings out, uh, everybody's personality, their strengths, their weaknesses. And if you could really find, I didn't believe you, I didn't believe you when you told me you could find the perfect person that's going to make you happy, less stressed, take away all the things that you don't want. I swear I did not believe you. I just thought I need to find somebody to help me. Let's make sure that we work it out. I'll train them, train them, train them, teach them how to do it, and then they'll get it. You can do that to anybody, but it all goes down to the harmonious thing that everybody needs to be sort of happy with what they're doing. So I could train anybody, but if their personality is not attention to detail and they don't want to be doing what they're doing, it's not going to matter how much I train them because they're just going to end up quitting. And that's what you don't want. You know, you don't want them. Absolutely. No, because in order for you to be happy, you know, you need to fill certain voids that, that what your weaknesses are. Right. And if you're bringing someone in that it's also their weakness, of course, they're not going to be happy. Right. But when you're able to find that, and I believe even the first one that didn't work out, like I kind of told you, um, what are some things to look out for, to look out right? for? And, and what are some things that potentially if this person did leave, what the reasons would be. Right. And again, I mean, it, it didn't change the, the outcome, but at least again, you're cognizant of it, you're aware of it. And because of it, we're able to make a pretty quick, uh, adjustment, you know, and we brought on someone else. I think it's good for people to understand that, you know, you're not going to hit a home run every time either. You know, even the second one, remember we have the second assistant didn't work out well, but also I think it's important to cut ties, cut ties as soon as possible as well. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I'm terrible at that. I'm not good at breakups. (laughs) No, that that was really hard for you, but I, I do remember, um, uh, you knew it the first time around probably like a month like you knew it longer than, than i was kind of pushing you to do because i knew that once you found that person um the amount of freedom that you would feel right and again it's a beautiful thing i i'm i mean i'm an example of it right like when i was able to let go of certain things everything became better for me right? guys like, i want literally like the stress I want people to understand that Eric here has a $25 million revenue company, 50 employees. It's a, it's a large company and almost, and I'm saying almost by like 90% of the time that I call this guy, he's able to take the time, answer his phone and take the time to talk to me. I'm not talking just for five or 10 minutes. I'm talking about for 30, 45 minutes, an hour. 
pretty often. And uh, it's because he's put so many people in their proper place where they thrive and him himself in his own place where he thrives that he's able to have the time to do the things that he likes. Which leads me to what are what is it that you have been telling me about now? And I, I don't know, honestly, I'm re really asking you this pretty much for the first time, uh, just in, in, I guess, in your best detail that you can, some of your goals that you want now because you could see the impact that you're having. You have had mm -hmm. a huge impact on me, Eric. Like it's helped, it's helped a lot. Not just bouncing ideas as a mentor, but really being able to to put together a staff that I have now of the virtual assistants that again, I'm able to do what I want to do. What is it that you are trying to do now to really sort of, uh, I guess, you know, uh, start something a little bit new, something fresh and really expand your, uh, your entrepreneurial activities here. Well, honestly, like through the last few years, I really real, I realized how much I actually do enjoy the, the coaching and the, I guess the unraveling of understanding yourself. How many other people have you done this for? Four. So you are one of four that I, I currently do outside of our organization. Obviously, I do this throughout my organization. I have you know weekly meetings with with uh, all of our managers, and you know I've been doing with our organization for the last four four and a half years, almost five years. Uh, and and have and have people like me been very receptive to it? Has it has it been working very well? Have you noticed it's Absolutely. Um, I have four friends that they're all business owners. And um, honestly, to start it, to starting it out, I just wanted to help, right? They came to me and they told me what all of their stress stresses were. And you're like, I and, got it. You know, I had similar stresses in my own business and I essentially would tell them how I ended up solving it. And that's kind of like how it all started. So, I mean, what brings me joy is honestly working with you and hearing that Honestly, you're succeeding and that you're able to be happier doing what you're doing. That that brings me a lot of joy, right? Um, and same thing for for um, you know the, the the other people I work with. Like that that's what gives me energy. That that's what inspires me to keep on going. Is when I feel like I'm actually helping out. And if I can get someone to realize, like, oh man, I never felt like I could feel this way or I could feel this free, right? Um, again, that's an amazing feeling to have that I was able to affect someone in that way. Um, and that's also within my organization, you know, like what brings me the most proud if someone comes to me, man, like I love working right? <laughs> like this. That's like, awesome. This is, like, this, this, like I never thought that I would be part of a company that I would be this excited to come into. Right. Again, talking about energy and like what feeds me and like what keeps me going. I mean, that type of mentality and that type of interaction is what keeps me going so actually you inspired me to um actually do more of this and luckily because of uh you know how good my team is i actually have more time and i'm able to focus a little bit more on, on these type of coaching if i'm able to again inspire someone else um younger than me i mean it doesn't even have to be younger than me um but I don't know. I just wish when I was in my twenties, I had someone to, to give me this same type of knowledge. Right. Um, so if I'm able to provide that and provide that type of impact where I can get them to understand what their superpower is at a very young age, like in their twenties, you know, like, again, you're saving years of stress and unhappiness. Like if, if we're able to do that. Right. So again, I think it's extremely important for people 
going into the workforce right now to really be able to understand your personality and have that ability to self-reflect. Dude, I'm with you, man. I get phone calls every day, man. Uh, every single day. I get a handful of phone calls from public adjusters asking questions and stuff like that. And to hear their voice of gratitude when they get that like, oh man, thank you so much. Wow, that really helped. Hey, when you told me this to do this and you told me that, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm just saying like, it just, it, it's just the, the, that their sense of gratitude gives me so much gratitude and so much like gratification. And then Milan one time, one time uh, told me he's going to be laughing. Now we had a little heart to heart a few weeks ago and he's just like, thanks for making it fun. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Exactly. That's all that's it is. part of your superpower, man. Nice superpower. <laughs> Yeah, you and the superpower. We all got superpowers. That's what I love about talking to you because you're always going to make me feel good. <laughs> yeah, man, we, we really do. And honestly, like, I have three little kids and it's crazy how different they are and it's crazy how I need to motivate them differently, you know? And again, right. same parents, raised genetically, you know, they're, they're almost the same, but personality-wise, they're so different, right? And honestly, that's another thing. I'm so happy that I understand what I understand about personalities is I think it's made me a better parent. Right? Like I'm I not bet. putting all my kids in one box. I understand that they all have different triggers, you know, and um, it, it's crazy to see like the differences between them. I have an idea. You need to write yeah. a children's book. Children's book. Hey, I was really good at poetry when I was younger. Not I poetry. I don't know if you should write poetry, <laughs> but okay. Really so you what well, let's 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 talk about it here come on come on vent it out let's say let's say i want i want to hear what's going on in your brain what are your plans what are some of your ideas you have with some of this consulting stuff i'm gonna put you on the spot what are just some of the stuff that you've thought about don't worry there's only like three people listening it's okay <laughs> all right um honestly it, it's all very new and um actually this past week i kind of ramped it up but um my goal is to have a website out by the end of this week um it's mainly to just have a visual of what these assessments are. And I'm going to talk a little bit about what, what they all do. Um, but ultimately I want to be able to provide these assessments to everybody. So I, they at least have the results, right. And then um, be able to sit down with them and for them to honestly ask me any questions to, to help them figure out what their best self is. That's my ultimate goal, right. Being able to show Vince, hey Vince, what is your best self? What does that look like? Right. And for you to be comfortable with that and, and to continuously be that that version of yourself. Right. So um, that, that that that's one of my goals is that I want to be able to share this knowledge that I've been accruing over the last six years. Right. And it's been a big life changer for me. So I haven't told anybody this on the podcast yet. I have not given this advice to anybody on the podcast yet. You need to start a podcast. Uh, I don't know about that. Boom. Not uh, a YouTube channel. No. Maybe be a, a reoccurring vest, uh, guest like every every few months. Not uh, a YouTube um, channel. You don't have to have your face in front of the camera. It doesn't have to be every day. You've got so much to talk about and you and you describe it very eloquently. You could be helping business people all over the world. You really can. You don't have to have any guests either. I mean, you could have guests if you want. But I feel like you could just like look at a chart, like a random chart, and you could really start talking about, or you could just, I'm, I'm sure you've got so many stories and you've got my story and you've got other stories. You could just start talking about different personalities, hiring process. Man, I'm sure Milan's going to agree with this one. You got to do it, man. If you could start a podcast, I'm telling you, you could get a pretty large following. I think, it, I think it'd be very successful. 
don't know. Maybe we'll sit down with Milan and we can brainstorm after this. Yeah, but I got. It hasn't been really on my radar, but I think I've got it. I've got enough. I got enough uh, brainstorming going on with poor Milan. I got. I'm. I'm overworking that guy. <laughs> the Serbian. I call him I the mean, Serbian no, assassin. Um, hasn't really been in my thoughts. You know. Um, it's easy. It's easy, dude. Look, you buy. You buy one of these things. Okay. I think it's like. I think it was like three hundred bucks. So it wasn't cheap, but it works great. Uh, it comes with this thing, right? Oh, that's fancy, dude. And we're doing it on the, we're doing here because we do YouTube too. But you don't have to do YouTube. Um, you I don't know if you saw it, but uh, I think it was episode two or three. I interviewed Randolph. Randolph Love. He's super cool cat, man. I think you'd really like him. Um, he is now he's very very big on education. He now is a certified life coach. Uh, so shout out to him, Entrepreneur's podcast, and he started his own podcast as well. And he's got all kinds of ideas to really grow that and to grow his life coaching business as well. And it's like, nice. I, you know, I think you can do the same. You've got so much information and so much experience when it comes to this stuff. Yeah. No, thank you. No, I really put some deeper thought and, um, see if we get a game plan to actually make it come to fruition, you know, but, um, absolutely. I, but I'd be more than happy to jump back on here and, and be part of your podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got a long way to go. We got a long way to go. We're still trying to grow this thing. Uh, but it's fun. I'll tell you that it's, it's really fun. Uh, I, I'm always the, my favorite part of this thing is, is the podcast. I like to do the podcast. It's, it's fun. I get to talk to people. I get to talk to my friends and stuff and, and it works out pretty well. All right, man. Well, you're doing a great job, man. I told you from the beginning. I mean, I don't know a lot about claim adjusting or public adjusters, but, um, again, you have a natural ability to, to engage people. So, I mean, when you told me to, to jump on, I, I was a little nervous that I was going to, you know, probably be boring for your audience. <laughs> no, no. I can't believe you've been standing up the whole time. Yeah, no, it makes me, I don't know, I sit down a lot in front of a computer. So anytime I, I have a chance to stand up, um, I, I try to. So. Do you give your wife a personality assessment? Absolutely. <laughs> I wish I knew it. I wish I knew it before I married <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but no, honestly, I, I'm not even joking. It really has helped our relationship, right? Like she understands what my weaknesses are and what just doesn't come naturally. Like, for example, consistency. Out of my strength finder, consistency is my number 34. <laughs> it's literally the lowest thing. She gets so frustrated with me because when I get home, I put my shoes in different areas all the time for her. Like she puts it in the same exact spot. But I'm like... I came in through the garage today. I came in through the front door the other day. So I'm going to put them in different areas. Listen, <laughs> you're, you could again, be a very small example to where she now understands how I am and has kind of, um, understand and, and is living with it because she just understands that I'm not part of my personality. So listen, that's a very small example of, of how we actually do look at our personalities within the, the relationship. You can be consistently inconsistent, you know? Yeah, I know. And, hey, and I we am that. We we have a question. I don't know who this is. Is it is it Milan? No, it's uh oh Michael. Michael has a question. So okay. what what makes Ming Wang such a popular brand? What makes Ming Oof. Wang such a popular brand? That's tough. <laughs> well, we um we specialize in uh easy care. We call it invest. We call it investment uh clothing. So. Like I said, a lot of our, our clients are 
uh, you know, business women that have to be in front of a crowd or, or to do seminars and stuff like that. So it's just the ease uh, of, of, of our line. And a lot of it is the, the yarn that, that we have, right? So it's 100% machine washable. Um, it retains its shape and color. Um, and we are um, able to, for example, the black that we had in the year 2000 compared to the black that we have right now is going to match exactly the same. Wow. Right. So we like to call it investment piecing or um, creating your closet um, or investment um, uh, closet. Right. Um, So again, it's, it's not the fast fashion that is very prevalent nowadays. It's really able to, um, again, buy a basic and buy a piece and have that piece for a very long time and buy fashion pieces uh, into the line, you know, so you're able to switch up your look with, you know, let's just say four different pieces. You could probably create 12 different looks. Where is Ming Wang available? Um, so we're sold throughout Dillard's, Von Maurer, um, Masuk, our other brand is Nima Marcus. Um, we're also in Saks. Um, and also, you know, a different boutique. We, we sell over 300 boutiques across the country um, and also on our website. So we do have mingwangnits.com and masuk.com. Um, so those are the, the, the two, two websites we're currently running. We are in the process of acquiring um, new brands. So um, I don't know, on the next podcast, I might be able to give you a few more brands that, that, that they can go and visit and, and check us out at. No, I can't wait. It's going to happen again. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about? Mm. How about them heat? Sorry? How about them heat? But, uh, Miami heat, baby. Oh, Miami heat. Absolutely. <sighs> well, actually, I, well, one thing that I did want to say before is that, one, I'm a very big sports fan, sports fanatic, specifically the Miami heat and basketball. Um, but I look at an organization Oh, yes. Like a company. This is good. Right? So I run my company very similar to essentially like any sports organization. Right? And I know you yeah. always you always talk about the Patriots, but man, the Miami Heat organization, See? that's crazy. How no. do they do it? Absolutely. Honestly, and a lot of it is with leadership, right? I, honestly, I think Pat Riley, whether he's a Heat fan or not, but I think Pat Riley is a great leader. Um, you know, and it goes down when you have an organization, um, that is well ran, it, they always breed success. Like if you look at baseball, basketball, football, there's some teams that seem to always be in the mix, right? Um, think, think about it. The Yankees, what they haven't really done much since Steinbrenner died. Yeah, that could, that's true. That's, that's something, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it just tells you, you can't just have the brand. You just can't have the name. The people within that organization is extremely important, right? And the leadership that you have is extremely important. Like if you look at the Heat, most people coming into the season probably didn't even think they had a chance to make the playoffs, right? Like you're getting a bunch of rookies, a bunch of young young people. But I think the brilliance of Spolstra and Pat Riley is they really push people to their strength, Right. They understood Duncan Robinson is an extremely good three-point shooter, right? Look how many threes he puts up in a game. He wouldn't be able to get his numbers unless his coaches had the trust in him to, to say, hey, put up this many threes in a game, right? 
Um, it's not even that. They lost everybody that every time LeBron goes to a team and then he leaves. Uh, it's amazing that within, what, five or six years, they were able to make it back to the championship without him. Yeah. Yeah. Culture. You know, so culture. It, it really is culture. And I think the biggest reason why the Heat did well this year was because of the culture. And I actually felt like the bubble was like a, a perfect situation for them. Right? It helped them, yeah. You know, and it's like that ability to focus and, and to, to not give up. I mean, being in a bubble, you have so many different stressors. And, and again, no one likes change, right? And what is the bubble? It was change for a lot of these players, right? So again, different people get distracted. You know, that's why certain teams perform very well in the bubble and certain teams kind of fell apart in the bubble. So you right? you, you think that's what it is, is that drastic change really, it really exploited those teams that didn't have that that good, I guess I don't hate I keep hate keep using the word culture, but that good you know like uh, I guess camaraderie, synergy. huh? Yeah, synergy. Yeah, synergy and just like deep rooted. I don't know. I don't know what's the word I'm looking for, but well, I mean, if you look at the Heat, I mean they're kind of known for their toughness, right? And they're known right. for their their grind, right? And in honestly, in the book, a lot of it was that grind. You know, like you had to be able to block out hey i have to live in a hotel room for i don't know however many hours it was like three or four months it was crazy that you, you normally would be doing right it takes mental toughness. it takes a, a certain type of personality to be okay with that and to not only be okay with it but to thrive in that type of atmosphere right um i mean i don't know if you're a big jimmy butler fan but to see what jimmy butler brought to the team. I mean, he's been doing that in every organization, but this is the first organization that loved that type of leadership, right? And they allowed Jimmy to be Jimmy. Well, they they accepted Jimmy for what he is. Well, the teams used to call Jimmy a cancer, and what Jimmy used to say was like, I'm not a cancer. It's that you guys can't keep up with me. Like I'm intense and I work very hard and I'm a thousand percent every single day. And y'all are taking off plays. You don't want to practice hard. You don't want to do all these things. I finally found an organization that it's not just they're suited for me. They're suited for my needs, but they they are like they they work hard. They 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 dedicate themselves, and it's one hundred percent to winning and winning and all that stuff. And that's that's why now he's what he's not a cancer anymore. He's the complete opposite. It's like what we've been talking about: strengths, weaknesses. He found a yeah. team that basically exactly. were able to that were just matched his strengths perfectly. Yeah. No, I mean, the Heat are actually a, a really good example. A great example. But honestly, every organization, like within football, I, I know you said Patriots, but Patriots love them or hate them. I hate them. I hate them. Always in I hate the mix. But you're right. But I hate them. But you're right. Yeah. But I hate them. Uh, part of the reason why I respect them so much is, is because of that philosophy, right? I know Belichick has a lot of haters. They call him cheap and, and this and that. But um, look, he has one focus. And his focus is to win football games, right? And sometimes, yes, I don't agree with his approach to things, but he's created a culture Cheater. where, honestly, look at the receivers in, in, in the Patriots, yeah. right? All of these no-name receivers end up being like these huge names, and then they get traded and they disappear. Like we never hear about them again, right? Honestly, I think that goes back to the system, right? And it goes back to the organization and how they're ran and how they operate. And it's so crazy how you have a lot of players that what other teams would call as basket cases. For some reason, whenever they go to the Patriots, they start behaving. 
rainy months, right? Like, right. They, they start coming again. It doesn't happen with everybody, but again, there's a few that start coming out, and there's like, oh my gosh, this was potential that everyone thought you had, and then it came to reality when you were on the Patriots. Have right? you? Is that something that you think that you've developed at Ming Wang? Is what? there is there like a culture? Is there like a is there like a way, or is it? Are you still just trying to find the right people? All right. So I guess my question is: Are you looking for the right people for the right positions that suit them and suit you, or are you also at a point now where you're also looking for people who are going to fit into your environment, your daily work environment, stuff like that, or is it just all sort of a little bit of everything? I think it's a little bit of both because a lot of the assessments aren't going to tell you that aspect of it, right? Like they're not going to tell you their toughness and their ability to, you know, be a part of our organization you know you have certain things that can highlight and be like oh i think this person can right but you you really don't know um for us it's so with culture index there's something called a t-job all right so before we're doing the hiring i give every manager and even not even the manager but people part of that team uh, it's called a c-job so there's questions on what they feel the person that they're bringing in needs to have the skill sets they need to have Right. So once they do the C job, it'll tell me the type of personality that everyone in the team feels like this person, this person should have. So it kind of narrows down the amount of applicants that I look at. Sometimes when we have a posting, you know, we have literally hundreds of applicants and it's just not very efficient and worth the time for, for our HR team to literally go through every single one. Right. So one of the things that we do is with this is kind of help filter. Right. Um, but you're limiting the type of personality or the types of personality that, that would be a good fit. And um, once we narrow that down, I mean, it, it's a whole nother process. Right. Because you got to interview them. You got to know, um, honestly, if, if you get along with them, because these assessments do not judge IQ, EQ, moral compass. Right. Like you get someone extremely good fit, but if the dude's a crook, I mean, still not a good fit. Right? Not, yeah. So. I would say it's a little bit more complicated than just any one way, right? It, it, there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of different things that you need to be putting into consideration. You know, like, again, you got to look at tenure uh, or, or experience, right? You got to look at um, education, right? Um, so there, there, there's so many different things to look at. And that's part of the reason why we didn't focus on one chart. Like I know you said you like culture index the most, and same thing for me. I love culture index, but whenever I did it, I always felt something was missing, right? So that's why we started doing other assessments. That's why we started doing Strength Finder. We started doing something called CCAT because they all judge different things, right? And we utilize all of them. CCAT is more of like a, a wonder lick, so like a sheer IQ test. Let me show real quick for those of you still listening. Uh, and again, if you're listening, you're not going to be able to see this. Um, let me see here. Share the screen real quick. Just to give you guys a quick, quick example of what uh, Eric's, I guess, employee charts look like. This is intense. Can you see it, Eric? Yeah. So um, the spreadsheet that Vince has up, that's everyone in our organization so under chart, that's their culture index chart. CCAT is their, their CCAT score. And then on the right, um, Strength Finder, it has the link to give me exposure to their full 34, but it also tells me what their top five strengths are. 
Um, if you could, intense. can you click on one of the team? Team? What tabs? Do you see a team tab on the bottom? Oh, this, here? Look at that template thing. Yeah. All right. So this is what I use. So is there one that's filled out? Um, is there another tab or no? Yeah, there we go. So this is my, my marketing team, right? So this is what I do for, for all of my teams. Essentially, I mark down their top seven strengths and I put it on a chart. So for every team, I want to make sure that there's good balance, right? So in StrengthFinder, there's 34 different themes, but there's four domains. The domains are execution, influence, relationship building, and strategic thinking, right? Uh, when I'm looking at these teams, I want to make sure that there's a good balance uh, of everything. So for marketing, there's probably certain things that I, I care about more than others, right? For marketing, I care a lot about execution. I care a lot about strategy, right? Relationship building would be important because that kind of goes into about um, how much you like to, to work in a team. Um, influence, I care a little bit less, right? Uh, if anyone has influence, I probably want my manager to have some influence. Right. Um, sorry. Can you, can you scroll up? All right. So if you look Steven, which is the, the manager, he actually has the most influence, right? So that, that, that's important. But for the other team members, execution, execution is, is, is something that, that is really, really important to us. Um, you know, so if you look, this is just one team that's our marketing team. But if, if you look at all of our teams, um, one of the common denominators is that we have a lot of high execution people, right? So again, th th this is how we built our organization. And depending on the type of leader you are, again, you might have very different um, or your needs might be very, very different. Maybe you need more people in influence or you need more people in strategy. Um, the reason why we don't focus as much on strategy is because part of my strengths and part of my brother's strengths were very, very high strategy type people, right? So I don't need a lot of help of people um, helping me solve problems. That's actually what I enjoy. I love solving problems. Um, I, I love starting projects, taking thought into action and coming up with a plan. My weakness is actually follow through. My follow through is not very good. So I need a lot of people with high execution and high follow through. Um, and when I create my team, especially the, the, the people that work around me, that that's the type of personalities I look for. That's pretty cool, man. That is amazing. You do this for all of your departments. Yeah. Every, every department, everyone that is in our organization has gone through, uh, this process. Very cool. Very cool. Eric, that was awesome. Thank you, man. I knew it would it be. Fun. Yeah. I did hear I to talk to you and have a drink on a, on a Thursday afternoon. That's almost unheard of for me. So I poured myself like a triple by the way. So oh, no, I, I killed mine too. I, I've actually had to pour twice. I saw it. No, you poured like three times. I saw that. It's only twice. Man. <laughs> uh, I think there was some echoing going on. So we're going to have to, I had a, Oh, Mike was on our boy, Mike, Mike Aguilar. He was on. Oh, it, was that, was that Mike? Uh, yeah, Mike that was, Aguilar? I thought that was your Michael. Oh, uh, <laughs> guest lesson. I think that was Michael. That, that's very Michael. Lesson. Milan wants you for a guest lesson uh, on one of our video courses. Sorry, what? What's a guest lesson? Ah, you see, we've got some things in the works too, my friend. All 
right, man. We've got some. I want to get all my. I want to eventually. I'm not going to give too many details, but definitely we've got some video courses that we've got planned. And I I don't want it to just be me. I'd like for maybe possibly get some get some other experts in other parts and and I don't know. I just have like sort of a hub where people can learn. I don't know how much value I'm going to hold with adjusting, but anything with HR or like building teams and and uh, personalities. I mean. I'm your man. Call me. I'd be more than happy to talk. Oh, look at this. This is Michael again. Michael says, do you think education or experience is more important? I think they're different. I think they're both important. You know, um, one thing I will say is with conventional education, right? I think they teach to give you a good foundation of everything. Right. Um, But in life, that's not always necessary, right? So a lot of people say this, but they say, oh, there's no trade schools out there. There's no, you know, specialized uh, or a lot of specialized schooling. You know, I, I'm actually a big fan of specialized schooling. As am I. Right? Um, you know, like if you grew up and again, if you don't enjoy school, right, um, but you're great with your hands and you're, you're, you have a mechanical mind, you know, like you're losing time actually learning specific things that they're trying to push and, and force feed you in, in school, you know? So um, I honestly, I think both are important. I think education is extremely important, especially in a field that you are pushing your, your yourself to, um, you know, but I, I think experience, there's also certain things that again, like you're going to have to experience yourself. Right. And again, I do think it goes back to the personality. So in strength finder learner is, a, a theme or it's a potential strength for some people people that have that as a strength again they they probably do like learning um as opposed to the experience right i don't have learner in the top right i'd rather get to the answer the quickest possible so experience and the way that i am experience i learned way better than in schooling right like i i feel like a lot of my ability to grow came in my work environment Right. Not necessarily in my school. Um, so, again, I think it definitely depends on the person. Um, I don't think it's one or the other. I think it's a combination of both. And it depends on your personality of which one is more important for you. Right. Because, for example, I know Michael very well. Right. For Michael, we education, I would say, is probably more important. Because, again, he's a learner. Right. And he has intellection. Intellection people enjoy talking about the stuff that they learn. Right. So education is extremely important for him, but education could also be experience too. Cause I know he's learned a lot on the job. Right. So I don't know. I, I again, probably me being low attention to detail. I don't think everything needs to be streamlined in a certain way. I think how we learn is very different in, in each individual person. And the goal as a manager is to figure out, Hey, how do you learn? does Vince learn? What, what am I going to do to get you to retain the information that I'm sharing? Some people want it down and they want to read it. You know, some people like the conversation, you know, like, like we're having, right? So honestly, it's, you can't put anything in a box. We are so complex. We are so different that when we try to put people in a box, we're going to fail at least half of the people, right? So, um, Michael, I don't know if I answered your question. Uh, I think you did. Want, but that, that, that's my feeling on, uh, I guess, education 
uh, versus experience. Yeah, I think you did. I think you answered it very well. I was never, the school was just never for me. God, I was never good at school. Just never good at it. I, I like school. I hated um, it. Every second of it. Not not for the learning part. <laughs> right, exactly. I, I like the, the social aspect of it. You know, like I always joke around and I, and I always tell like my wife, I'm like, if I spend as much time studying as I did of trying to figure out how to get out of class, like I probably would have been a lot better student. Um, I just could never, I just could never figure out the studying part. Like I would study, but it's like, I never yeah. found like my own, like good style and how to do it because I would, I was that kid who would just study and study and I'd get a B and a C. And then the guy next to me was the guy who didn't study at all, didn't do anything and would get an A. Like that was, it was just always such a struggle uh-huh. for me. I always that, had the that work ethic. Yeah. That, that kind of goes back to what I just said, you know, like, how do you learn? Like maybe you right. would study, but you're doing it in the wrong way. Right. Um, for me, my struggle, my little attention to detail is like, I hated homework. I never did homework. I always <laughs> tested well and I was always able to get pretty good scores on tests because they always did like a, like a review session the day before. And I would just sit there listen to the review session and, and test well. Right. But I hated pop quizzes. I was never ready for pop quizzes and I hated homework. So <laughs> that was, and part of it, again, going, looking at my personality, right. And you look at what my strengths are and what my weaknesses are. The reason why I didn't do well in school is because uh, a lot of my weaknesses and I didn't push towards my strengths as much as I needed to do to, to, to get, I guess, a specific grade. Right? I did decently well, um, you know, but especially compared to my brother and for my parents' standards, I was definitely not up to par, you know, but it, their expectation was uh 4.2 so <laughs> holy crap yeah definitely didn't do it. i graduated with three five at the at my senior year um i uh, felt like it was okay but for my parents i was, I was probably like an institute i had i think going into senior year i had like a 2.8 something and in order for me to get my tennis scholarship which i was already almost accepted i had like a few schools that i was going to play for they're like you got to get it up to a 3.0 or else it's not yeah. going to happen so senior year when everybody had senioritis and nobody was doing, I was in the book studying like crazy and I did it. I got it up to a 3.0. When it That's comes awful. to work ethic, I never had a problem, but just memorization and studying and all that crap, it's just never my thing. You put a test in front of me now, I'll fail it. Even if it's about public adjusting, I'll probably fail it just because I get all freaked out. I get all nervous. I don't know what to do. Yeah. It's so annoying. Yeah, but you don't have to take any tests anymore. Thank so God. Thank <laughs> God for that. Yeah. All right, man. I think we're good. Anything else you want to say? Um, no, um, you can um, plug this maybe. Oh, you said you didn't want to, but uh, we can. Well, so, um, uh, for, for all the listeners, my sponsor, <laughs> if you're still yeah, listening I, after an hour and 32 minutes, I, I, I am, uh, we're his first sponsor, right? We're the first sponsor, but, um, they're and the only, and only are, sponsor. <laughs> first and only nice i got a big title then but um yeah so to give you guys some context during the the pandemic in early march we knew our business was going to hit be hit pretty hard so um we're very good at import export so we started importing import and exporting uh ppes so that that's uh that's what vince is talking about for itself Personal. Um, we do have a one-for-one uh, donation um, for every full-priced uh, product that that you buy. We will be donating it to uh, a charity. So we've been partnered with Get Us PPE, 
where run by um, mainly doctors and, and people in the healthcare industry. So um, it, it's a non-for-profit. So the majority of our donations are going there. But uh, honestly, the main thing is just getting everyone to stay safe, you know, um, making sure that, you know, we're doing everything we can to, to, to beat this. You know, this, this is also something that, again, all of us are being affected by. So the more we can do this together, the, the, the quicker and I feel like the easier it'll be for, for us to get past it. It's so wild to talk to, like I've been interviewing for the bookkeeping position. I'm talking to people in India. I'm talking to people in the Philippines. And the conversation always starts the same way, dealing with COVID. And it's just weird because you're talking to people across the entire world and we're all dealing with the exact same thing. It's so funky. Yeah, yeah 2020 is one for, one for the books, man. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely been tough, but that just means that 2021 is going to be a great year. Yeah, so Eric uh, and his family, they're the owner of Fortez Health, which is the sponsor and uh, that I always talk about in the beginning of every podcast. And the PPE stands for what? Personal Protective Equipment. Equipment, yeah. It's yeah. got the mask and all that stuff. So if you put code VINCE20, you get 20% off. So You do. <laughs> and now I didn't know. I have to say that in the beginning where the one-for-one -one thing, it goes to a nonprofit. Yeah. Um, I didn't look, know that. I mean, I mean, I knew that, we, but I didn't know that. It. I mean, uh, this PPE business has evolved. Um, we're to a point where literally we're just, we understand that we're good at operations and we're helping the people that really need it get the product that they need. So a, a lot of our, our vendors and our clients aren't really end customers, but they've been um, hospitals, state government um, organizations and stuff like that. Holy crap, there's more questions. We're never going to get out of here. Let's see here. It's probably Mike again. Awesome interview. Use code Vince20. No, it's no questions. Mikey, thank you, man. Thanks for watching. Dude. <laughs> Milan, thanks for sticking around, thanks, too. Uh, all right. I think we're good. All right. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for having me. It's been it's been a blast. No, man. Thank you for coming on. I think we might. I think we, Milan, I think we might have to fix his audio, right? Because I can't hear it. You sound fine to me, but I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, oh, really? yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Let me. Uh, Wait, people can't hear me? No, no, they can hear you, but apparently there's like a little bit of an echo. Sounds fine to me. All right, let me see if I could hang up here and then we'll uh, we'll talk. Hold on a second. Let me see. Uh, Eric, thank you for coming on. You're the man. I appreciate you. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right, hold on. How do I do this? End broadcast.